1: work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone 2021 has been the year that Mellow and I are never on our own podcast thanks to Mid America RV they're here gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers fifth wheels teardrops and toy haulers they have the right size RV for any vehicle all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever game days remote work getaways and running away from page on this podcast are all better <laughs> in an RV from Mid America RV experience travel like never before find out more at Mid The boys are back, unlike our Longhorns, and we're excited to kind of get settled back into the rhythm of things. I know personally, the last six weeks, uh, I wasn't here a whole lot, which for the first time in 11 years, I actually had some time to step away from things and figure some things out and recharge and... You know, like we all do have actually like personal lives and families that we try to spend time with. So Mello and I have have got to do a lot of that this summer. It's been great. Thank you to Paige and Blake for holding down the fort while we were running all over the country in the last six weeks. Uh, Mello and I were at an amazing music festival in Montana last week. Highly recommend. Highly. And here's another thing I will highly recommend. You think Montana and you're thinking, oh my God, the boys are in the trees and the mountains. And you would be correct. What you're not thinking is it was 97 degrees in the sun. And the only thing that saved my fiance from probably leaving me was that Manscaped ball deodorant. Swear to <laughs> God, that stuff came in clutch. No chafing, no nothing. Yep. It was amazing. Definitely, definitely recommend for the heat. Oh, I can speak to
2: that one as well. It definitely saved me the entire time we were up there too. It, Cause when we were packing to leave, I thought I'd be in like jeans every day. And uh, so I packed a lot of those and then, you get walking around at a music festival, hit yourself with a little bit of that deodorant and it keeps you fresh throughout the day.
3: Have yeah. you guys been to a music festival before?
1: That
2: was our, our first.
1: That yeah.
2: Okay.
3: So I've experienced stagecoach, which is literally the hottest of hot when it comes to, to um, what are they called now, festivals. Um, and it, it's miserable, so I can't imagine what it's like for a guy, because for girls, it's not that bad because like, you're barely wearing anything, but for guys, I feel like it was... Probably a little tough. So two guys, 20 to get that ball the other end. Very nice. Right. Any good stories? Yep. Any funny things that happened on your trip? Not a look- lot we could share. <laughs> okay, just making sure.
1: I'll so later, so later. Yeah, I, I will throw this out there. Um, this comes out Friday morning, July 23rd. Uh, Friday, J- July 30th, Mello and I will be at another music festival in Fort Smith, Arkansas called Peacemaker, uh, which is a not-for-profit actually. So um, if you're listening to this Friday morning, Today at noon Central Time, I'll be giving away some tickets and merch for that Ooh, wow. festival, trying to help promote their cause. So if you're somewhat local to us, I know a lot of people are. Fort Smith is kind of nestled right between us and like Texas and Louisiana, and it's it's accessible to a lot of people. So if you're listening and you're like, hey, I would love to drink beers and listen to country music with those two idiots, uh, check out the Twitter because <laughs> you might win some free tickets. And Buckle up. Yeah, I was just going to say. Bring your one hell of a time. (laughs) Bring your Manscaped deodorant and your drinking hat, and it'll be a good time. That
3: sounds fun. You guys are big music music festival guys now. Never been to a row.
1: No. Yeah.
3: So are you going to come to Stagecoach next year?
1: Uh, You know what? Actually i would love to go to stagecoach we have a lot of friends who are playing it uh, oh i was just gonna say we were, now i
3: know uh, what you're gonna say because it's always draft weekend i've just remembered that it's always yep, draft weekend
1: exactly and it's that and the kentucky derby like the two things i want to go to and can't so mm-hmm. nope no
3: the kentucky won't. derby didn't we discover that the kentucky derby is a weekend
1: yeah so i'm hopefully fingers crossed Fingers crossed. But do highly recommend. Obviously, you know, we're all vaccinated, so it felt safe enough to be outside with thirty thousand people listening to music.
3: I'm so jealous. It was
1: it was great. Nine dollar beers didn't even matter. It was worth it. Um it's funny though because we got these specific festival chairs. You asked for a story that we can tell. I got stopped by so many people over these specific festival chairs. And they're not like a paid sponsor, but I'm gonna shout them out because they kept us so comfortable. They're called park it chairs. Again, they're not paying me to say this. Those chairs, Mellow, you can you can vouch for me on this. We're so damn comfortable. And we got asked by so many people, like, where'd you get those chairs? So if you've seen the photos and you're like, Where'd you get those chairs? There's your answer. Yep.
2: Sitting in those bad boys for like, I don't know. My concept of time is a little <laughs> bit off because the alcohol but it felt like forever but sitting there and there's that little cooler under your seat too definitely was a lifesaver and it straps to your back too so carrying it afterwards after right. a day full of drinking that turned into a night full of drinking uh, strapping that chair to your back yeah, it was super convenient
3: we should get yes. to some football, but um, I knew that Mello was maybe slightly hungover because I text you guys in our group chat and Matt responded first and that never happens. So I, I was like, I don't know what happened to Mello. I think he's not okay because he always I responds had, first.
2: I had no service up there. I feel like I should put out like a tweet, honestly, because there are so many of my text messages that just didn't go through. And okay, uh, sure. like, I even I was like, man, wonder why that person didn't text me back. Which makes me remember now, there are like <laughs> two or three people I need to get back in touch with because <laughs> my text messages like weren't sending. And I don't call people like don't ever ever <laughs> don't call ever me. Call. Like it, it yeah. needs to be like a pretty important have to talk to you right now moment for you to call me. But yeah, my texts weren't sending at all while we were in montana so yeah that's right. my bad we'll, page.
3: we'll remind you to the end of the show yeah. but um guys sure. some football news that affects you guys in your texas longhorns texas and oklahoma has reached out to the sec about joining their conference i mean i'm gonna let you guys go first on this one because i have some takes but just curious if you would love that hate that do you think it'll actually happen
1: I will say this. You two are, I would consider, the college football experts on this show. I consume college football as a fan, but also as someone who I have to watch these players for my job as a draft analyst. I, as a fan, I love that Texas is stepping up to say, hey, we would give up the Longhorn Network, which is a huge moneymaker for them. We would give up, you know, some of the in-state, you know, superiority they have – within the big 12 to say, let's go to the sec and be in the best conference. Like let's go at the Alabamas, the Georgias, the LSUs, the Floridas. Let's go against these teams. I also love that Texas is holding up a middle finger to Texas A&M and being like, Oh, you want to be the only in-state school in the conference? Too bad. Nobody cares. Big brothers here. Go sleep on the couch, little boy. Like I love that part of it. And for Oklahoma, I see this as, Oklahoma is the dominant team in the Big 12. Even my 7-year-old my and I were talking about this last night. and He was like, you know, he doesn't like Oklahoma either because he's a Texas fan. But he he leaned over to me and he was like, but they kind of kick our ass at football, don't they? And that, he, That's exactly what he said. So I'm quoting him so I can curse. And I was like, number one, don't say that. Number two, yes, you're right. They, they are probably better at football than we are right now, buddy. And so it's like for Oklahoma – they have really struggled in the college football playoff while being dominant in the big 12. So I look at this for both programs and say, you might be better off being the big guy, the big fish in a small pond, which is what they are right now, instead of going mm-hmm. and being a middle-sized to small fish for Texas in yeah. a, you know, a, somewhere where it's much more competitive. So I love that the schools are looking for ways to capitalize on name, image, likeness that they're looking for ways to better their brands, to make their seasons more competitive, but, Moving to the SEC is not going to give Texas or Oklahoma that national championship that they're not getting. And it, they're not going to be able to fly those Big 12 championship banners either. I mean, when does that say Texas won the Big 12? I, Colt McCoy? Yeah, it's been a minute. So, I mean, from a competitive standpoint, it's like, cool, love that you're going to the SEC. You're going to get beat down even more there. So I don't I don't yeah. quite get it. Like being kind of this consistently. Before you worry about Georgia and Florida and LSU and Alabama and Texas A&M. And, hell, you got to worry about Arkansas right now. So that's that's where I'm at. Yeah, for
2: like an Oklahoma standpoint, I kind of – I get it. it, You could get more money there. They don't have their own network. So that makes sense. I think they could be competitive in the SEC. And especially like if you're doing some kind of realignment with Oklahoma, maybe you get in a conference that is away from – Alabama like Georgia and Florida are tough but they're not Alabama so I I think it makes a lot of sense for OU and maybe with OU they're like hey we kind of need to take Texas like we want to keep this rivalry (laughs) Uh, for Texas I don't understand it I guess if I were a booster or you know somebody working for the university it's a good way to make money but another good way to make money is just win football games and uh, you're not going to do that in the SEC. I, I, I love Texas. Got a lot of stuff behind me that's Texas stuff. But you're going to be like a middle-of-the-road team. Like you're going to be behind Alabama, Georgia. You'd be right there with maybe Florida, maybe the LSUs of the world, maybe. And like that's if Texas yeah. can be back. So I don't understand. I think you want to make a lot of money. You want to be this big university. Cool. You can do that by winning the Big 12. So just stay in the Big 12. Try winning that conference once every 10 years, and then yep. you're going to make more money. Like if Texas were winning football games and they were relevant, money's going to flood into that university. They don't need the SEC right. to make money. They're, they're a big uh, brand. They're, they haven't been good on the field, but
1: they're a big, big brand off the field. Well, they're I mean, they're already one of the top revenue earners in sports. without And being they've good. been bad. Without and being also, good.
3: How much money do you actually make, though? Because think about how many teams are going to be in the SEC, and I know that that giant ESPN deal and Disney thing is going to bring in a lot of money for the conference. I totally get that. But you're dividing it between a ton of teams. Like, it can't be that much more than what they would be making. I get the Oklahoma thing as well. Um, I I don't know, and a lot of people were talking about how this would affect, like, the college football playoff expansion and the 12 teams and all of that and how it changes it. I think, honestly, you know, we looked at, like, the – the rules and we said there was a loophole of like the power 5 like if they leave the the big 12 I don't know that it's a power 5 I think you start to see other conferences start to break off and things to happen and the SEC is just going to be an absolute power more so than it already is but right. it it's just interesting to me that Oklahoma is is a part of this in the sense that I almost feel like they'd be better off going to almost every other conference. I know it makes sense to, to go to the SEC because that's what's like closest and everything else. But I it just doesn't seem like you're already making the playoff being in this conference. I know you're not winning those games, but that maybe they think like the competitive level of play, like they'll gauge it better and they'll be able to see where they're at nationally, then fine. But I, I just wonder, feel like that's a strange deal.
1: I wonder if they're looking at it, and this might, like, let me talk this out because I just had to stop. <laughs> It might actually help recruiting because Nick Saban Mm -hmm. can walk into a a prospect's house and say, you're going to be, yeah, you're going to have to compete with other four and five stars, but you're going to play on the biggest stage with the best coaching, with the best facilities and the best prep. And I'm going to get you to the NFL, but like players in the big 12, especially if you're a defender in the big 12, like Mm -hmm. there's a negative connotation surrounding you from the jump. Or if you're, you know, even for a long time, if you were a quarterback in the Big 12, there was a negative connotation about you. Now, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield have changed some of that. But still, I think that there is a competitive balance with recruiting to being in the SEC, where you can say you're going to play under the biggest lights. You're going to be on ESPN. You're going to be like all eyes are on you. You can get Mm -hmm. lost in the Big 12. I mean, look at Brees Hall. Yeah, probably the best running back in the country. Dude gets zero respect because he's at Iowa State. Now, if he were at Alabama or LSU or Florida or Georgia, if he were at Tennessee, even, like he would be getting so much more recognition. So I think for these coaches, for Steve Sarkeesian, who's been in the SEC, for Lincoln Riley, like they could look at this and say, like, yeah, our schedule is going to be tougher, but this might actually allow us to get better players in here and sell those players more on the type of experience they're getting, not to mention name, image, likeness, where if you're playing on ESPN every week instead of being buried, You know in a big 12 schedule you as a player have an opportunity to make a lot more money
3: yeah no it makes sense but what if you're like the other sec teams that are already there you know what i mean like what do you think of this in terms of adding them because they do have to vote Mm -hmm. on it and i saw a reporter tweet that like that normally the sec doesn't do anything unless everyone in the sec Like, it's not like the Big Ten where things are leaking out that people aren't happy with what's going on. The SEC is very, like, a united front. Mm -hmm. Do we, I mean, Texas A&M fans were obviously awful, and Texas A&M themselves were like, no, we're not doing this. How do you get those guys that are already in the conference to kind of be on board with this?
2: I think you got to spend it for money. It would be like, hey, bringing these two big programs in. We're going to get more revenue, so now we're kicking money to the Vanderbilts of the world. Because, like, what's the advantage if you're yeah. Vanderbilt? It's like, okay, we're trying to make it in the SEC, and now we're going to bring in OU and Texas, and we have to compete with them. Uh, I think that you're hoping you can get that in front of a university president, and they say, wait, we can make, you know, $10 million more every year? We're going to yeah. do that. But I, I I, think that's the only way you can spend it.
3: And I just thought about this. So their their TV contracts for Texas and Oklahoma, they go through, like, 2025 or something and that's when they're yeah. not going to renew. If you think about that, that's still a ways away and like Nick Saban it will eventually retire that's eventually not point. saying in that but like yeah. you're looking at it from the aspect of like okay, this guy may be on the way out. Alabama is not going to be the same powerhouse. Don't come for me Alabama fans. It it <laughs> it's going to be a transition. And so I think you do look at it from like a oh this might level the playing field in that conference not to say that there aren't other powerhouses there that you know have potential but I do think that like a Lincoln Riley could win in that yeah. league if That's Nick Saban good point. isn't in it. Nick That's so. is college
1: football. You know, and you, you know it's 2021
2: and college football's right. already looking for like 2030. You know, and even, you know, the other day when the news broke, everybody's like, oh, my gosh, when's this going to happen? They're not going to do this. But you are right. Like those TV deals aren't up until 2025. So this could be like a, you know, 2025, 2026 season that we're looking ahead to. And I I think you make a really good point. It could be like a man in, you know, 10 years when we're a part of the SEC. And Nick Saban is maybe not coaching. I don't know. I don't want to put a timetable on his career. (laughs) I don't either. Uh, Maybe you know, a Lincoln Riley, like it, it just, it makes so much sense for Oklahoma. I really think yeah, it does. I've talked and myself somehow into the fact that it makes talked, sense. Yeah. Like they talk Texas into being like, Hey, like let's do this. So I don't, it makes no sense for Texas. I, I hope they don't. I hope they stay either in the big 12 and Oklahoma can leave. Like I love that rivalry, but I'd like to have some conference championships or they go
1: like independent. Like, they should just go independent really. Honestly, it's not a terrible thing. You could play Arkansas, A and M, Oklahoma, like, get your ride away. Yeah, but then you're
3: not but then you're not able to, if they do independent, they're not able to like be part of the like buy for the uh, Yeah, the but we
2: gotta
1: get to that point first, Paige. Right. <laughs> right. I mean but like exactly. <laughs> That's not even a concern now. But you know, like Notre Dame gets in every year. Yeah. Every year if Notre Dame's close, they're an automatic in because they're a national brand mm. and they're independent. So Maybe that changes with the – I don't think it'll change. I think 12 teams just make sure Notre Dame gets in every year, as long as Brian Kelly's there. But like Melo said, Texas doesn't even need to worry about that right now. That is so far from, like, where things are at. Win 10 games, then talk. That's how I see it.
3: Yeah. Same. No, that's absolutely fair. Um, guys, so media days is upon us, which is actually very frightening because I can't believe it's already here. Um, it's talking season, as the head ball coach would say. Um Coach Prime leaves his press conference because someone called him Dion, right? They just referred to him as Dion. I mean, and then he said like, you wouldn't refer to Nick Saban as Nick. And someone Mm -hmm. from SEC Media Days tweeted that 12 different reporters called Nick, Nick. So, and also asked him that question and he said he didn't really care. Yeah, so they all referred to him as Nick, which I I mean, Mm -hmm. I would not personally do. I mean, I call him Nick when I refer to him more than I call him Saban. But I would, uh, remember when that, um reporter called him Sabin in the press conference and people like completely ostracized her and it's like, okay, well there's like twelve people calling him Nick. So let's Wait, let's let's chill on that front. My but,
1: personal rule is that and I you know I yeah. people know my story. I didn't go to journalism school. I was a, a hobbyist writer who got a really good job and it, it took off. And my first press conference ever was Jim Harbaugh and I was terrified. Yeah right? you should be this terrified is when the niners call you good. out. And he'll call you out. So I was yeah. terrified. So the rule that I established that day was first question, coach. Second mm-hmm. question, Jim. Like, I'm going to address you respectfully with your title the first time. Mm-hmm. After that, you're, we're both grown men, right? Yeah. Like, so, yeah. And, and I can remember talking to other coaches about it. Like, hey, like, you know, how, how do you guys want to be addressed? And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, by my name. I'm a grown man. You know, it's not like you're in high school anymore where it's, you have to be like, hey, Mr. Coach Saban, you know, or Mr. Mm-hmm. Saban. Like Mr. You're, Miller. you're, we're all professionals, right? And so that's something that when I was in my mid 20s, that was the lesson I learned was like, yeah, I'm, I want you to see me as a professional. I want you to respect me. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna give you that respect by, you know, being polite to you and, and being professional, but at the same time, it, it has to go both ways. I also hate Deion Sanders so much. Like, you're okay with someone calling you Coach Prime, but you can't be called Dion, Dion Like, yeah. come on, man. Like, I think, everything he does is for show. It, everything yeah, exactly. he does is for show, and that's all this is.
3: Yeah, I think the reaction was definitely for publicity. Cause like, they say like, no publicity is bad publicity. Like, it's, it's yeah. honestly all for show, all for recruiting and attention i didn't think it was anything that needed to to be blown up as much as it did
2: Mm -hmm. yep that's where i'm at on it too these big time coaches almost none of them have mattered you know like we've talked to so many of them over the years paige with you going to media days matt our old podcast and stuff none of them have ever been like hey you're gonna address me as this like call me that or have ever been disrespectful like you said paige if you can call Nick Saban, Nick, Nick, and he's okay with it, he's at the top. Yeah. There's no coach you should respect more than Nick right. Saban. So if yeah.
1: he's okay with it, I think everybody or else like, can just kind of follow him. like, listen kind of to a mind. Bill Belichick press conference. You know what they're calling him? Bill. Bill.
3: Yeah. Mm. Well, and he's
1: and... the Jesus Christ of football coaches. <laughs> and you're calling him Bill.
3: <laughs> See, never mind. I was going to make a joke. But, um. I think the other part of this, too, is like Nick said, oh, everyone has the right to establish like what they would like to be called, which is fine. But I think Mm -hmm. if you're a new coach and this is your first media days or whatever, you have a conversation and you say, hey, guys, I want to be addressed. Like you can say, excuse me, like I would like to be called like Coach Prime, like you said. But it also is just so funny that like he's okay with that, but not the other. So it's just a little especially like also how he is on social media. You would just think he's a little bit more like relaxed and whatever and you gauge that when you're you're doing that I did go to journalism school and they never told us to like refer to people as Mr. or Mrs. because it was just like you're an adult like even if you are in college you're still an adult you're over 18 you're talking it's not a lack of respect it's just you're communicating with that person and I think even like I referenced the like the reporter who was a female in that called him Sabin, and people got really mad. And I said, you know, I think if it was a male, people wouldn't have said anything because that's just how it is. But I I think it would be weird if I was referring to them as Mr. Stone. I feel like it would just be odd for me not to use their first name.
2: Agreed. Yep.
3: Just a deal. It's, like it's,
2: it's not disrespectful to call someone by their first name. So like I, I can almost get on board with like, hey, call me Coach Sanders or whatever he wants to be called. But it's not like you're like, hey, uh, douchebag. I have another question for you, you know? Yeah, he was being pretty polite by saying Dion, which is his given name. I go by the nickname Mellow. But if somebody was like, hey, Marshall, I'm not going to throw a you know fit and be like, that's not what you call me. I have a nickname. Use it, right, Coach Mellow
3: yeah <laughs> coach mellowed you no I, it's so, so weird stupid. i just do you guys remember like the transition from when you like called your friends parents mr because like i i was raised no. to say like mr and mrs so and so and then like when you get older like then you can call them by their first name i remember just like that weird age of like in like high school slash college of like learning t- which parents were cool with you calling them by that name but just a weird deal i wish should all For me, go by our first teachers
1: names. like once you graduate yep. high school and you go like you run into a teacher like at a bar or at the store, and you're like, "Hey, oh yeah, hey Mike." Yep. It's like you're not that was Mr. always my rule anymore. Like,
2: yeah. If you graduate, call me by my name. I don't care. But like when we're in school, it's Mister Miller. it's a respect thing, I get it. But if you're an adult, I you're I wouldn't correct somebody.
3: We are not in school, but um, guys, people that are in school can make lots of money. And apparently, Bryce Young. Is making close to six figures on his name image and likeness i also saw yesterday that dj Ungalele, and i think it was howell both signed with bojangles um nil is blown up at seven figures i mean let me just ask you this i was thinking about it the other day do you think that some of the previous college football players are like a little bitter? Like I know they're happy for like the kids that are going through now, but like you got to <laughs> be a little mad that you see Bryce Young, who really hasn't done anything on the college football field, is making close to seven figures. Tua's got to be like, "Are you serious?" Reggie you know Bush I
1: mean? and Vince Young happy? Yeah, like, are you yeah. serious? And we all know they made some money while they were in college, it's fine, but probably not a million dollars. I don't know. I don't I don't want to speculate on how much money Reggie Bush made at USC. I, it was probably a lot. Well, but I'm
3: looking forward to that documentary. Was that tells us probably close to
1: seven figures. <laughs> probably was. I mean, in housing allowances, yeah. cars, cash, he he did all right. But I'm happy for mm-hmm. these guys, and I think it just this is the fun thing about name, image, likeness. You have players like DJ Younglele. You have Bryce Young. They haven't done anything yet. I mean, I'm the biggest DJ fan in the world. He tore up Notre Dame. Right? It was one game. Hasn't, Bryce Young has never started a game in Alabama. That's the fun part of this. It's, yeah. like, it's like the stock market, right? It's like, hey, you're betting these brands, Bojangles, whoever it might be, they're betting on these players being good. So I love it. I'm all for it. I am too.
2: And I think it's going to be great. I mean, Nick Saban obviously knew what he was doing when he was like, hey, by the way, I'm going to drop this little nugget on you. My quarterback's making almost seven figures here, and he hasn't mm-hmm. even started yet. And it's great. I know that when this – first started everybody was talking about like how much could these players make and i think somebody put out an estimate of you know like a big time quarterback could end up making about 10 million dollars over their four years and a lot of people were like, oh i don't know that seems like a lot i think we're just getting started i, I think no, a look, lot of people are going to start
1: flooding money this is so smart by nick saban because if you're a high school quarterback and you just heard because it's everywhere and you just mm-hmm. heard bryce young made a million dollars and he's never even started at alabama like if you're a five-star junior quarterback right now like if you're arch manning well you don't need the money if you're anyone else you know and you're like <laughs> wait i can do what now i can go to alabama not even start yet and make a million dollars uh okay every i firmly believe every word that comes out of nick saban's mouth is calculated for recruiting gain and it works like the man is a recruiting genius He is. He's going to start spinning it
2: as like you know, my backup quarterback last year is making a (laughs) billion. My backup quarterback made
1: more than his coach.
3: (laughs) That's just wild. But I mean, it is exciting for these kids, and you're totally right. I do think, too, that will help Alabama, like, long-term, even after he's gone, is, like, hey, this is still a brand name and this is still something that we've connected with, even though it's, the product may not be as good for a couple years for whoever they bring in. Like, it's still a great thing for that school long-term. But I think you're right about Coach Saban because I did listen to his media day press conference, obviously, and he was, like, joking around, and I was, like, I saw our guy Adam Kramer tweet, uh-oh, we're all in trouble because Nick Saban is loose. Like, he is, like, yeah. All right. Did you whatever, see the clip go. too?
2: I, I don't remember what it was, but there was a reporter asking him about like 12 personnel. Yes. And Nick Saban was like, I, I don't know, know what that, that, is. that is. What is, what is 12 what? personnel? <laughs> he really didn't know? No, he no, was joking. He was just goofing around. Um, but like so nobody the reporter, expects Nick Saban to the joke. The reporter it. started
3: to explain it to him. And he was like, I'm just kidding with you. I just want you to respond. He's like, I know what it is. And all of us were like, oh my god this is hilarious he's in a great mood i mean he talked also about his relationship with lane kiffin which i thought was interesting he like basically like stifled any sort of rumor that like they had a bad relationship it was like yeah we're different but like i we put together a great football team and he changed our offense and i respect him for that and it was like also a little bit of a mental game probably for 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 kiffin listening to that everything is everything is but it's awesome um guys hey, speaking somebody, of we,
1: mental head cases i was just
3: gonna say <laughs> somebody we don't talk about enough about okay um go, Matt, i'll today, let you take this because i feel like you're gonna rant first so I'll, I'll go after
1: the green bay packers according to adam Schefter, reached out to aaron Rodgers to sign him to an extension that would make him the richest player in the nfl and he said no and I don't have a rant about this. I just want to make an Aaron Rodgers rule where we don't talk about him until something changes. This was newsy, so we had to talk about it. I don't know why Packer fans are so mad at Adam Schefter for tweeting this at all. Is like, he, he Yeah. They're always like, oh, Schefter's making things up. And it's like, no, he's not. If he was making it up, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers would be like, hey, that didn't happen.
2: They're not saying that. So guess what? Right. Happened. It's like Nick Saban like being calculated with what he says. Exactly. So uh, Schefter is really good at his job, and I, I think it's safe to say, like, he probably got the okay to push send on that and be like, "Hey,
3: yeah, absolutely." Even with
2: the you know the trade request is like, no, I've been sitting on this for a while, and then yeah. it just it dropped when it did. So
1: uh, I don't you can't see kill the anything messenger. changing, right? You can't. You're right, Mellow. I don't. Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to be there. I don't know why people keep thinking like, oh, he'll change his mind in late July. He, he's like 38 years old. He doesn't need the money. He's pissed. He's not He's not coming back. That's how I see it. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he sat out. I wouldn't be surprised if he pulled a Favre and retired and then got his rights released. Like, I just – the thing that would surprise me most is if he tucked tail and went back. That's what would yeah. surprise me most.
2: Yeah. I yeah. kind of hope he does retire at this point just because it would be just like Brett Favre. And when everybody was hard on Brett Favre, and uh, I kind of want to see him go that route. And it works. It worked for Brett. Uh, so maybe it works for Aaron Rodgers too.
3: Yeah, I I don't think we see him retire. I mean, that would kind of be sad that we didn't know that while watching the, like last season. Um, but oh, I
2: think he'll retire and come back.
3: Yeah. yeah. Oh, retire. you'll think he'll do the yeah. exact Brett Favre thing. Gotcha. Yeah. But no, the I
2: Carson Palmer.
3: I also playbook. think. <laughs> This is a little strange because I feel like the Packers are still like completely missing the point because it's not about money for Aaron Rodgers. And so like the idea that he'd be the richest quarterback is like, that's not what he's looking for. That's not it. And you know you're not going to give him what he wants, so you might as well figure it out. And, you know, I mean, look, do we think that um, Jordan Love is going to be like, the guy for the packers is that like the plan or do they need to figure it out and maybe look elsewhere and start making moves for long term
1: i think jordan love is the plan i think he's the guy i mean you drafted him in the first round traded up to draft him you obviously liked him enough to do that so i think your plan would have to be and i would assume at this point you haven't seen anything that says he's not the guy yeah right because he didn't take any snaps last year so i think you have to go into it with hey we think jordan's the guy Got a great offensive line, got a great run game, have a great wide receiver for another year. You got to try to make him you know, be the guy that fans forget about, Aaron Rodgers, which is who th- would have thought that was possible even when Brett Favre left. But here we are. Right. Same damn story.
3: <laughs> Craziness. All right, well, we are going to take a break to make some money, and then we are starting our preview of the NFL season with the NFC South. Pretty excited to talk more football, and we will be right back.
1: As Paige said, the NFL season is like 50 days away. I think it's actually less than that. It's really, really close. So we're going to start breaking things down with our divisional previews. And let's start with the defending Super Bowl champions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know Melo loves to hear that. And the Bucs uh, are on on the board first for us. Last year, won 11 games and they got hot. Ripped through the postseason. This year, the over-under has been set at 11 and a half games. Guys, I'm going to take the over on that. I think this team is healthy. After dealing with some wide receiver injuries last year, they're acclimated. We have to think about a rookie right tackle in Tristan Wirfs, a rookie safety in Antoine Winfield Jr., a great young secondary. They're gelling. They they really galvanized over the postseason, returning 22 starters, returning every important coach I'm definitely taking the over on Tampa Bay. Now, as far as my fantasy player to watch, you guys both took my guy. So I'm going to steal Chris Godwin. Something I heard late last year from an opposing coach was that Chris Godwin was actually Tom Brady's favorite receiver he's ever played with. Now, I don't know if that's true, but that was the rumor going around with this is Tom Brady's favorite receiver ever, right? Right. I know. Like Randy Moss, all the short white guys, but Chris Godwin's (laughs) his favorite one. So a healthy Chris Godwin, I think – know there are a lot of good pass catchers here he's probably not going to lead the league in catches but he might lead the league in touchdowns so i'll take chris godwin and then my breakout candidate devin white when we saw in the super bowl how valuable he is in coverage how valuable he is chasing that quarterbacks outside the box just three down player with all the tools so i think devin white this year gets into that conversation with the bobby wagner's fred warner's congrats on that contract by the way Darius Leonard, when you're talking about the best linebackers in football, I think by the end of the 2021 season, Devin White's name will be in that conversation.
2: Yep. I agree with a lot of the things that you had to say. And I I was really surprised to see 11 and a half wins is what they had the over under at when I looked at them, but I'm taking the over as well. And also remember this is a new year. We have 17 games this year. So uh, I'm not right. predicting like a 12 and four. Maybe, you know, it's even 12 and five, but a lot more opportunities to win ball games there in the NFL this year. I'm taking the over. I do think that this is a team that's going to gel together. I talk all the time about a uh, second-year coach and quarterback. Usually you see a bump, and I think Tom Brady and Bruce Arians – I think they struggled at times last year, as crazy as it is to say that about a Super Bowl champion team, but I think they struggled. And towards the playoffs, I think they started to figure it out, like, this is the way we want to run our offense. This is a little bit of Bruce Arians. This is a little bit of Tom Brady. And then they were able to get things going. So I'm expecting a big year for Tampa Bay, and that's why my fantasy guy is going to be Tom Brady. I had him last year on a team, and he he did good, but it was inconsistent. I don't think we're going to see that this year. I think that you can sit and wait, grab a guy like Tom Brady very late. I don't know that many other people are looking at him and saying, like, oh, I got to wait for Tom Brady. He's great. Uh, when you amazing Super Bowls, but he hasn't been a fantasy guy much in his career. I think that he could see one of the best years of his career, uh, this year. And as far as like breakout candidates, I don't think there are any. I think we got them all last year. Matt, even like your guy, Devin White. I've already seen people put him on list as like, he is the best linebacker in football. And I think that he's up there and uh, maybe I guess he will break out even more. So is uh, what you could look at it. Maybe like a Ronald Jones or, you know, maybe we see somebody young come out of nowhere. Antonio Brown. I wouldn't be surprised if he, uh, establishes himself as maybe even like the number one receiver in that offense but as far as breakout guys i mean they return like all 22 i think we pretty much know this team we know who's going to be good i'd love for it to be oj howard but i'm not counting on it (laughs) same
3: yeah guys i obviously agree with a lot of everything you said it's sort of hard to break down this team because it's like they have everybody coming back. Like you said, I also took the over um, of the 11 and a half games. I just think it makes sense looking at their schedule. There's not a lot that you're like, oh, okay, that's like maybe losable. Um, I know we talk about winnable games, but I'm looking at losable games for the Bucks, and it's, there's really not a ton. Yep. I also selected Tom Brady for a fantasy guy. I'm not the biggest fantasy person, but I do know that consistency is key and just getting points is good. And I feel like Tom Brady is a reliable guy, even when we don't want him to be that guy. He is um some of us are okay with it (laughs) yeah I know you are I said most um breakout candidate I put Leonard Fournette, but I put quotes around it because here's why I know everyone's gonna be like we'll play off Lenny and like he played great I understand he had a playoff a breakout playoff but I'd like to see him have a solid year like that he didn't play incredibly amazing during the season and also like He was the fourth overall pick like I want him to play like that and things didn't pan out for him before. So I do think that this is a time for him to be able to, you know, have an entire season and be that player that we sort of expected him to be coming out of school. And it just wasn't that way. And so I do think we saw flashes of it in the playoffs and obviously helping them win a Super Bowl. But I am looking forward to him having like a full year of, of playoff Lenny, if you will.
1: Yeah, and I, we'll see how their load share is in the backfield. But let's move on to the New Orleans Saints. They actually won this division last year. I know it feels like a million years ago. They're <laughs> over under a set at nine, and I'm taking the under. I just don't trust this quarterback situation that much. And I don't know if it's going to be Jameis Winston. I don't know if it's going to be Taysom Hill. I Just whatever it is, it's not going to be Drew Brees, right? And getting nine wins with Drew Brees this year, I would have been a little bit tough. This division is getting better. And even to Mello's point, hey, there's one more game this year. Yeah, I still just don't feel great about it. I'm going to take the under on them. Now, I know I just said I don't trust the quarterbacks, but my fantasy guy is Michael Thomas. He missed time last year with injury. He's back healthy. It doesn't matter who's throwing him the ball. He is the only wide receiver in this offense. So I expect him to be again not maybe 143 catch guy but he's going to have his 100 catches he's going to have his 1200 yards he's going to have double digit touchdowns so i still am a michael thomas fan and my breakout candidate so i actually wrote an article about this a couple weeks ago my breakout players so i promise i'm not stealing any of Mello's answers here adam trotman was a wide a, a tight end prospect excuse me that we both loved coming out a couple years ago and i do think that if it's Taysom Hill, if it's Jameis Winston, they're going to have to find other options in this passing game. So we might even see Trotman be force-fed a little bit. But, Melo, I know you were a huge yep. fan of his. I know you are going to talk about him a little bit. But if you're looking for someone who can enter the conversation of more of a household name, I'm not talking about like Darren Waller or TJ Hawkinson did last year, but just someone who you're going to be more nationally recognized. I could see it being Adam Trotman on this team.
2: Yep, I like him too, and as far as the over-under goes, I am going to take over nine wins. I don't like their quarterback situation either, but I think that Sean Payton's good enough to find nine or ten wins uh, this year. I I think he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. That's a no-duh statement, but the rest of the roster is still really good too, and I, I think James Winston can come in. I assume he will be the starter, and Taysom Hill will still play the Taysom Hill role. But I do think that Jameis can do enough with the defense that they have and the weapons that are around him to win more than nine games. I don't know that they're going to make a playoff run. They might miss out on the playoffs, but uh, I'm going to take the over on the nine wins. And my fantasy guy is actually Adam Troutman. Uh, I think when you look at the quarterback situation, we're going to see them dump the ball off a lot. Even when Taysom Hill was in last year or Jameis Winston, they were not taking a lot of deep shots. And I, I think your guy, Michael Thomas, can be very dangerous, but a lot of people are going to be focused on him because there's not a lot of talent anywhere else in that receiver room. Alvin Kamara is going to get his out of the backfield. But I do expect Adam Troutman to catch a lot more balls and kind of establish himself as like, okay, uh, I'm in trouble. Get it out quick. Here's my dump-off guy to Troutman because when you're focused on Kamara – And Michael Thomas, somebody else has to step up. And that's why he's also going to be my breakout player and my fantasy player for the Saints. I do expect a big year from him. Now, in fantasy, I don't know that I'm saying, like, you got to draft this guy super early. But I think you can draft him late and stash him on your roster and then figure out what's happening. Maybe play him out of flex or look at him as a backup tight end guy.
3: Well, dang, I did not put him on my list at all. Sorry, guys, I hate to do that to you. But, <laughs> um, good. Someone needed
1: to not
2: talk Yeah, about it.
3: right, right. Um, so I actually took the over on the Saints. I do think... Um, like, the beginning of the year is going to be so crucial for them because their first game is against the Packers, and we don't know what that situation is going to be like. So they could get some momentum going early on in the season. That QB situation is a hot mess, so that just feels a little weird. Um, it It is so str- – like, even, like, looking up stuff about this and, like, looking at that team, I was like, it's just so odd that Drew Brees is not that guy. Like, that for so long – Like basically, as long as I can remember, he's been there. I don't even know when he was drafted, but I could tell you, right. like, that's – as long for as long he's as I been there remember for 15 he's been there. years yeah so like basically yeah so basically my span of football and knowledge and being able to like remember names of people that was the guy so it's a very strange thing but I do think Alvin Kamara is my fantasy guy just because like you said he's gonna get his and I do think that's just like a solid choice I think he's like the one of the highest rated fantasy players like overall not just like in his position so I do think he'll um get his but then my breakout candidate is actually Traquan Smith because, I mean, we sort people sort of expected him to do really well when Michael Thomas was hurt last year and sort of, like, have a breakout moment then. And I don't think we saw it. But I do think now having maybe a change of quarterback, and if it is Jameis, I do think that's a little bit of a better fit for him in terms of long ball. But, I mean, I that's who I'm going to choose as a breakout candidate because, like you guys said, like there are a lot of guys that can be this because the Saints need that. But, um, yeah, Traquan Smith is my choice there.
1: And maybe... One of these new quarterbacks just won't force feed Michael Thomas the way the Drew Brees did. We'll see. Uh, the Carolina Panthers are up next. Matt Rule's second season. He's got a new GM. He's got a new quarterback. And the over/under is set at seven and a half. I'm actually gonna take the under. I do. I wanted to put push on this because that's that's pretty damn good. It is how I see this team. I love their defense. I think they got a lot of young weapons on offense. Christian McCaffrey's back healthy. All of it hinges on Sam Darnold and what he's gonna look like at quarterback. And I do think some of it will be that left side of the offensive line. What does it look like? You know, how, how well do they play together? I uh, love Taylor Motton on the right side. He deservedly got a nice big deal uh, to, to lock him up long-term. But I am going to take the under on this. My fantasy guy for the Panthers, I think it has to be Christian McCaffrey, who Mello and I plan a, a very competitive fantasy league together. And McCaffrey should probably be the first pick in our league this year, just thanks to PPR scoring and – the uncertainty around some of the other guys in the NFL right now, I I think McCaffrey back healthy and with, you know, I'm a Teddy Bridgewater guy, but he has massive limitations. I do believe that Sam Darnold can open things up to where, you know, Christian McCaffrey does get more touches and gets more one-on-one looks, especially with Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. There's some there's some talent on this team. Um, even losing Curtis Samuel. And my breakout candidate is Brian Burns. This young defense, man, is loaded. The year that they spent all of their picks on defense, yeah, it, it paid off. And you could pick Derrick Brown, you could pick Yder Grossmados, you could pick Dante Jackson. Like they are loaded on defense with young studs. But I think Brian Burns, with that combination of speed, length, And what we even saw from him in college, we knew, like, hey, this is a great athlete. He just needs a couple more tools in his toolbox, and he's going to just flourish. And so he was my pick a couple weeks ago for their breakout player. I wouldn't be shocked if he's a double-digit sack guy this year. Yep, I would
2: expect a lot of the same. I like the Panthers. I I think that they're going to have a big jump this year. I'm taking the over on seven and a half wins. I think Matt Rule really started to get his feet wet in the NFL, starting to figure things out. And I'm betting big on Sam Darnold. I I like him. I think he's a good quarterback still. I think he's got a good offense around him. The offensive line makes me nervous. And you know that he can be out there seeing ghosts if you get to him. But I do think that Carolina is going to be good. Uh, I like the receivers, Christian McCaffrey, if you can keep him healthy. They brought in Chuba Hubbard in the draft too. Uh, I think there are a lot of really good pieces on this team. And my top fantasy guy is going to be Robbie Anderson. I think playing with Sam Darnold before, being kind of comfortable in this offense now, figuring it out. I think that he's a guy that you could uh, see a huge year from fantasy-wise. I think he'll establish himself as like that go-to target from Sam Darnold, who again, I think he's going to have a big year. And my breakout guy, I'm uh, sticking with that defense, too. Yeter Grossmados uh, is a guy that I loved coming out of Penn State, and I think he's another one, the opposite Brian Burns. you got to block somebody. And I think both of these guys do a very good job of getting to the quarterback. You have Derek Brown on that defensive line, too. This defense is going to be pretty nasty, and I'm expecting a big year for the Carolina
3: Panthers. So guys, I struggled with, if I should, t- there's a lot that I struggle with the Panthers with. First and foremost, my fantasy pick is not the fantasy pick that everyone's gonna think that I would choose. I mean, it's a different kind of fantasy. It's not the fantasy football kind of fantasy. Oh, so, hey, so,
1: hey, so- Hey, 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 so, hey, so, My so, kids listen to this.
3: <laughs> I'm they don't obviously talking about like World of Warcraft or something. Um. Anyway, um. <laughs> so I did take the over because I do think they have a solid season until they get to the end of their schedule. Their end of their schedule is actually pretty terrible. They play Buffalo, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, and Tampa Bay. Like, that just Ooh. sucks at that, that. That's a tough ending. So that's sort of why I picked the over because I do think they'll have a hot start. I'm going to go with my breakout guy first and then go back to my fantasy guy because my breakout guy is going to be Sam Darnold. I put in quotes, I regret this already because I am gonna go all in on Sam Darnold is good. You guys know the like famous like mononucleosis thing, that the little like Jets thing when he was out. Like I need to get a picture of that with him pointing. It says Sam Darnold is good because I do believe that he, you know, gets his, his footing in the NFL and becomes the guy that a lot of people thought he could be on a new team. Um, so I'm going all in on the Sam Darnold bandwagon as well. Melo, um, I think that is going to be the guy that I really harp on this year. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows I always pick at least one or two players to just really go full force on. And that guy is probably going to be my guy again. I said, I regret this already because it's probably not going to happen. But, um, in terms of fantasy, I put DJ Moore on here because, Um, I mean, this guy's had decent numbers with, like, very average quarterbacks. So, I do think that with a good quarterback, that's sort of why I started with my my breakout guy. I do think if Sam Donald is good, that DJ Moore is a a very solid pick for fantasy.
1: I like it. And I do think with Curtis Samuel gone, someone has to get... More of those touches, right? And Robbie Anderson is the dude. I'm still caught on the page Sam page fantasy also.
2: Yeah, I know. She's ruined like fantasy football talk for me, right? Now, like, oh, <laughs> Sam Darnold, kind of <laughs>
1: not an attractive guy, I don't feel like. So I was like, talking that about Christian me.
3: McCaffrey. Okay. I was talking
1: oh, about Christian
3: McCaffrey. I thought you were about mm-hmm. Sam
1: Darnold. That's
2: why I was no, like, about No, no, no. I'm just saying that, like, I, don't,
3: I think people would have thought that. <laughs> wow, I'm Got so sorry. It. No, no, no. That no that I
2: was with you. People would okay, think like, you. oh, Paige is going to take McCaffrey. Pick Christian- no.
3: Yeah, different, different fantasy,
2: fantasy.
3: different fantasy. Christian McCaffrey. I mean, Either I would fantasy. take him as well, but
1: <laughs> okay. I was gonna be like, wow. <laughs> You're like Page White, need-
3: tasting men. <laughs>
1: we gotta, we gotta <laughs> yeah. talk about this. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, over/under set at seven. Obviously, they traded Julio Jones, but the rest of the gang is is really back, and we'll see what a new head coach Arthur Smith can do. I took the over on this one guys and maybe that surprises you but i think the falcons actually finished second in this division and i think they make a run at a wild card berth because like listen matt ryan's still good calvin ridley still good they drafted the lebron james tight end prospects in kyle pitts and i do think the defense can only be better than it was last year i I think with dan quinn a lot of people checked out so I am expecting a better team from the Atlanta Falcons next year. I actually like their offensive line. I I think we'll see the run game get going a lot better this year. So I'll take the over. My fantasy guy is Russell Gage. I know a lot of people would say it's got to be Calvin Ridley, right? He's going to get all the touches. Eh, We'll wait on that. I'm going to talk about him in a second. Russell Gage is going to get a lot of the looks that Calvin Ridley was getting last year. When you're the number two or number three guy in this offense, when everybody's worried about Kyle Pitts, when everybody's worried about Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage proved last year he can get open. He's a good player. So he's my fantasy kind of stash guy for this team. And then my breakout candidate, yeah, he's Calvin Ridley. I, I think he's been a wide receiver one since he came out of Alabama. He is a great route runner. Here's the thing. Calvin Ridley is what everybody wants Jerry Judy to be, and he's not. So put that in your back pocket and remember, Calvin Ridley, hell of a route runner, very good player. And I think we'll see him emerge as a – I mean, he's going to be their wide receiver one, but he's going to be you know, one of the better young receivers in the NFL. Yeah, uh, Matt, you and I talk
2: often, as I see you almost every day, and we agree on a lot of things, and I could not disagree with you more on the Atlanta Falcons. I think they are going to be <laughs> terrible, and I say this almost every year about the Falcons, and guess what? Almost always right. Uh, I Matt Ryan is a good <laughs> quarterback. He's not great. He's not going to win you games. They're going under seven wins. I would not be surprised to see these guys drafting top five once again, Next year, I just I don't see it. I think this division is pretty tough. I think the Panthers are going to be better. I think the Saints are going to be a lot of the same. You're not beating Tampa Bay. Uh, You have no run game there with the Atlanta Falcons. I do like the receivers. I like Ridley. I think that Kyle Pitts can have a good year. Not in love with their defense either. I, I think there are a lot of holes in this team. I'm taking the under- on seven wins and as far as my fantasy guy i am going to take calvin ridley i I think that he's been you know like you were saying with the breakout stuff he's been so underrated and just so quiet over the last couple years because even when he was good people are like oh julio julio talk about julio calvin ridley's been very solid in the league and you know him and like amari cooper they've been very similar and i think that now calvin ridley can start to get number one receiver looks I, I think he was putting up good numbers, but there was still such a focus on, man, I have Julio Jones on the field. I'm going to try to get this guy the ball. I think Calvin, Calvin Ridley will step up, and he'll take a lot of those targets. And as far as breakout guys, I didn't have many. I was looking at the depth chart, and I'm just like, who who's it going to be? I went with Matt Hennessy, the offensive lineman, plays center for him. I thought he was solid. I do like this offensive line. I don't like the running backs, but I do think the offensive line can do enough. That we're we'll be looking at him and saying like hey, this is a guy that could be our future at center. So Matt Hennessy for my breakout guy.
3: And that
1: is deep. No. That's a
2: deep yeah. cut. B side, <laughs> right?
3: <laughs> no love for the Falcons. <laughs> Just ouch. None. Okay, well I did take the under of seven on wins, but. I don't know, this team it could it feels like it could go either way. You know what I mean? Like, you know how like most of the time you've seen guys together, new coach, all the things. Like I just think yeah. um it's gonna be an interesting year for them to say the least. But um I also chose chose Calvin Ridley for my uh, fantasy pick just because like you said, like he's now wide receiver one, so like it makes sense. Um and then my breakout candidate, I heard from a very reliable draft scout that Kyle Pitts was going to be the LeBron James of tight ends. And so, you know what? I am going to believe him. Not like I believed him the Mac was going to be the pick, but that's different. Um, but I do think that Kyle Pitts wow. will have a big year because I do, I mean, they picked him for a reason. Like they're going to target him. Like that they're going to do Probably. things to build plays around him because he is, has such a wide skill set. But I, I think it's, like I said, with Falcons, it could go either way. Like it could be he was... Good in college, not. Who knows? But LeBron James, that was a big thing. So I went with that pick for for my breakout candidate.
1: Was it on this podcast or our radio show where somebody was like, are you going to see Space Jam 2? It was here, right? Yeah, I asked you. And I was like, absolutely not, right? Okay, so while we were in Montana, (laughs) uh, Emmett, my seven-year-old, went with Mm -hmm. us to Montana, right? And while we were going to the music festival, our parents, who are amazing, kept Emmett entertained. And one night, they are like, what are we going to do? And he's like... I want to go see Space Jam 2, but my dad won't take me. So they take him to see Space Jam 2. My man comes back decked out head-to-toe in Toon Squad gear and has, like, the stuffed animal. He's going to McDonald's, which I don't even like McDonald's. He's going all the time trying to get the little Happy Meal collectibles. Last night, I let him watch Space Jam 1. And so, because all week he's been like, "Why don't you like LeBron James? LeBron James is the best basketball player in life. Why don't you like LeBron James? LeBron James is better than all these people." And he's like, "Even if you liked Michael Jordan, he doesn't play anymore, so you can like LeBron now." And I'm trying to explain. That's good like, point. Hey, I respect the hell out of him as points. a man and a father, and he's a great basketball player. I just hate when people say that he's better than Michael Jordan. That's all I got. So last night he watched Space Jam One, and I go in his room. It's like, "Hey, you know, how'd you like it?" And he's like, "I think I can dunk a basketball." So now I have a seven-year-old <laughs> trying to dunk on his in-room hoop last night for like. And I'm like, "You know what? Let's do it." Thirty minutes trying to teach him how to dunk. But I will say that I I'm gonna have to watch Space Shape 2 with him because he's obsessed with it. Like one thousand percent obsessed. And he could not name a basketball player before last week. And now all he cares about is LeBron James. He even wanted to know, why didn't LeBron James win the championship? Why did the Bucks? And I was like, well, his team's not that good. I don't know what to tell you. And so that's the world I live in, and I know everyone who's heard me talk about how I don't like LeBron for years is just this is my karma. It's Karma, it is that I have to live. It in.
3: absolutely is, and it also just the fact that you shit on basketball so much that I'm really glad that Emin is taking a liking to it. If he needs to call his auntie Paige to talk basketball, he we will did say be that better. Space
1: Jam One was better than, better Space, than Space Jam Two. Jam 2. Okay, I'm and just he saying, did agree so that Michael Jordan was a much better actor than
3: LeBron. Okay, he was so like, yeah, it's not
2: close. Paige, have okay. you seen it? Have you seen
3: Space Jam Two? So I went to go see Space Jam Two the night it came out in theaters okay first time back in the movie theater in a very long time um and i thought it was like you have to go in with like realistic expectations i thought the plot was absolutely terrible that was the one thing that i was like you couldn't have come up with a better storyline i thought it was terrible um in that sense but i did think that like there were some great one-liners and they took a lot of shots at lebron which i feel like matt you would love and I do think that, like, they should have used LeBron's real family because we know all of them, so it was a little weird right. to watch, like, the characters be there and be, yep. like, the same age and the same gender as, like, his kid. It was just weird. So, um, that was fine, but I did, it, I think I gave it, like, a 6 out of 10 for nostalgia just because, like, it was, like, refreshing to see... Like the tunes and like to do the things that they were doing and like the cute storylines, but it's very much for kids. The like digital aspect of it, the reason Emmett likes it so much is because it's about video games, and oh, like it is actually yeah, okay. pretty cool. Like they go into a video game, like that's the new like version of them going into like the the Tooniverse or whatever it was before, and like more yeah. on Mountain. But I will say the original is better, but I do think it it's good, and I do think for like kids, it's a great movie. Like it, it the plot was like not deep enough for them to get lost or anything in the storyline. I really do think um, it was cute. But, yeah, I'm going to have to give Michael Jordan the props on the acting. LeBron needs some work. And the basketball.
2: I haven't right. seen it yet. I, I think I might check it out this weekend. But I have you're, seen you're the reviews player. online. Yep, my girls will love it. But I people are just dogging it online. So it's like, oh, my expectations now are so far
1: down that maybe,
3: maybe you I'll think it's enjoy good. it. Oh, I just
1: wish you could have seen him trying to left hand palm a soccer ball and die last night. Like I didn't see it, but I can.
3: Can, I can can see see it it in my head too. (laughs) Right. Um, The other thing, eventually
1: got it. So
3: the other thing you can tell him is that Giannis is the new king. So it doesn't matter. It does not matter. He didn't Mm -hmm. join a super team. He didn't go to a big market. We do got to talk about it because also bandwagon magic is back, baby. I picked the Bucks (laughs) in the beginning of the year, and we did a preview on this podcast. I'm ready. any and all bandwagon stuff so maybe the bills will have it this year who knows um but maybe 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 we're on to something but bandwagon magic is absolutely i think i'm gonna join the browns
1: fan base for the year because everybody knows like i'm not really a niners fan anymore like that if you ask me like i'd be like i grew up a niners fan i might be on that browns bandwagon this year guys that's fine week i think a lot of people tailgate tour yeah week one
2: a lot of people on that browns bandwagon now how I'm bad of a beating I, would I, I, get I get it
1: if I wore a Browns jersey week one to Arrowhead? Would you say, like, a I don't significant think you'd make it to Arrowhead, or
3: <laughs> it'd be the second time I left Arrowhead and i on a stretcher? <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: right. Uh, yeah, good right. times. Okay, we have some questions, uh, from our amazing listeners. Thank you guys for sending those in. You can always do it, you don't have to wait to be prompted. Hashtag paging two guys, or hashtag just the tip, or just at two guys a girl pod from Nathan Carnahan. How do you tell a coworker they're a piece of shit respectfully of course. I think you have to start with with all due respect or <laughs> hey, no offense but no offense but you're a piece of shit. I think that's how you have to do it. Uh, so I actually this is gonna surprise you. I kind of like try to live a conflict free life so I, I just like don't get involved with things that don't affect me. So, like, if your coworker is not doing their job and it's – you're having to do more because of that, that's when you, like, elevate that to a management person. I know that sounds like such a Karen thing to do, but (laughs) like, just – I just, like, life is hard enough. Without letting other people affect you, show up and do your job. If they're directly affecting your ability to do your job, then let somebody know about it. Otherwise, just have a beer after work. Don't let them bother you. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: I, mean, I, I have not had many disagreements with coworkers before. I did have one once where, him. like, personalities were just not meshing up well. And we did have a meeting about it with teachers. And just had to come to an agreement of, like, your way of doing things and my way of doing things not always going to line up. But at the end of the day, at least we have some more perspective on, like, there are two ways of thoughts. So it wasn't like, you know... I hated the dude or anything like that. But there was definitely some times where it's like, nope, I don't agree with that. I I think we should do this way. But uh, maybe just mentioning that it's good to have different point of views on certain things. I don't know. I'm not very good at that either.
3: Yeah, confrontation doesn't feel like Melo's, um thing at all. But Nathan, I will say, have you ever seen an episode of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette when one person talks about the other person and then it just ends up looking bad on the person that said something. So here's the thing. Don't don't tell them they're a piece of shit, like Matt said, elevate it to somebody if it's really affecting your job, but make sure you're still focusing. Don't let that take away from you focusing and doing your job well as well, because that stuff sort of can creep in and you can get distracted by it absolutely tell somebody above you and let them handle it don't engage in it on a one-on-one level because it's just going to end up looking bad on your front so who knew we could learn something from the bachelor and the bachelorette that people will question
2: if you're there for the right reasons right, reasons, right? No matter they're like oh do on. you
3: want the promotion is that why you're saying this person mm-hmm. is bad you know you got to be careful you yeah. got to be real careful strategic do.
1: uh chris Whelan, uh man we got some ogs in the questions today i love this If OU and Texas jump to the SEC, what two teams would make the best replacements for them in the Big 12? I've actually thought about this a lot. And my first answer was Cincinnati and App State. Because I'm such a geography person when it comes to conferences. um, I will say Houston would be another one that would make sense because you're getting huge student population, a gigantic TV market, and a team that's been pretty competitive. But if the Big 12 loses – OU and Texas, Cincinnati should be their number one target. I mean, like, okay, Notre Dame, that's not going to happen. Cincinnati should be your number one target. Yep, that's where I'm
2: at, too. And I think with Texas and OU going, I like, I do think that's probably going to happen eventually in, like, 2026. Uh, I think Cincinnati is going to be very popular because I do think that the, even the Big Ten is going to be like, well, maybe we should expand. Maybe we should bring in some more the schools. Big or Big the ACC even trying to expand more and Cincinnati is right there I mean geographically for all three of those conferences and it makes sense for them so they can almost go like highest better like who who really wants us and it makes sense for all of them so I, I think Cincinnati and it's a good program honestly what they've been building there is nice so I think that they will be very popular and Matt you App State and Houston were my other ones Hey, it makes sense Houston joining the Big 12 replacing that kind of Texas presence uh, there in the conference and then you know App State is another great program that's building and they're on that North Carolina western part I think they can be very good too and I would just love to see them join a big time conference I think it's it's almost time for them maybe not quite yet but you know in 2025 I do think that they could be ready
3: yeah, I figured we'd all have very similar answers on this, so I did like a different version of this. I think we see other teams leave the Big 12, and I would hope that they would join the Pac-12, so like the Oklahoma States, the Texas Techs, and here's why. Because some one of the knocks on the Pac-12 is the fact that one games are so late, all those things, people don't watch them on a national level. If you expand geographically, to a place where these fan bases are pretty loyal, yep. then you might end up getting a little bit more of a bigger TV deal. or And that's what our new um, PAC, I said say our, um, the PAC-12's new commissioner is really big on, is making sure that like the TV deals and things happen. So the exposure for the PAC-12 is something they can use for recruiting. But I absolutely think that it would be interesting to see if they add to it or that that conference just goes to like a group of five conference level and adds other guys to to different um conferences and i think the pac-12 would be smart too to add some people to expand a little bit there because i mean they've already um, done that but it makes sense and
1: like you guys were talking about the big 10 which has so many teams in it it's ridiculous they need a new name i don't even think a team like colorado would go back to the big 12 or Nebraska, or that Missouri would be like, yeah. yeah, let's get out of the SEC now. Like, there's just so many domino effects that could happen on this. And I know there is a state provision that says that Oklahoma and Oklahoma State actually have to be in the same conference, so mm-hmm. that factors in as well. Yeah, so the Oklahoma State legislature that, would have to change it. Probably. I mean, I've already seen on Twitter this morning where like Texas state reps are upset about this, and it's just it's gonna be a it's gonna be a mess. It's gonna
3: be amazing. It is Glad because we could sit everything
1: turns it. political
2: well in texas
3: in texas it's like i think i forget who it was that said like texas football and politics are one in the same in the in that state so like mm-hmm. it's it's Plus there's a lot of domino effects
0: yeah
1: yeah again i say really doesn't matter because texas is going to be like a bottom five team in the, the sec so <laughs> i don't even care like let's just Let's just move on. Uh, Andrew Magnuson wants to know, which running backs are you most excited to watch this year? And also, what player is most likely to steal Paige's heart, a la Najee Harris? So running backs I'm most excited to watch, obviously Brees Hall is the dude uh, at Iowa State. Isaiah Spiller at Texas a m is a player I really, really like. I um, also like Kerwin Williams at Notre Dame a lot. And I, I know he's not getting a lot of the like NFL draft hype that I think he should get. So hopefully, you know, as we shift into draft mode, we can talk him up a little bit more. Um, those are kind of the, the three as far as the draft goes. Um Bijan Robinson, though, is the one that I'm yep. geeked out to watch because I think he has the, yep. the potential to be something really, really special. I say Kerwin Williams. I meant Kyron. There's a lot of names bouncing around in my head this time of year. Kyron Williams. Yeah. That's what I meant.
2: I, I wasn't sure what old Mags meant, so like I had every answer ready. Uh, college football, Bijan Robinson. And yes, it's a bit of a homer pick, but I do think that everybody else is excited about seeing what he can do in that Sarkeesian offense. I saw uh, Coach Sarkeesian even talking the other day. and say, I'm. I've always had a 1,000-yard rusher, and that's what I want to see. I want to see Bijan John Robinson in the college football world as far as draft goes. Definitely looking forward to my guy, Brees Hall, seeing what he can build on last year. They bring back almost everybody at Iowa State. And how about NFL running backs that I'm watching for? Uh, Dallas Cowboys' Zeke Elliott. I want to see what he does. Uh, he was low last year. He was down. You get Dak back, that offensive line's good. And I even saw a video the other day, he's in the best shape of his life. So that's always a great time. Oh.
1: So it's Ben Roethlisberger looking slim. Looking hmm. yeah. <laughs> and forward. Paige, uh, who's most likely to steal your heart?
3: So, okay. I other put, than Sam Darnold, apparently. No, no don't <laughs> start that. Please don't start that. Um, I put Brees Hall for the running backs. I'm excited to watch, but this is going to surprise you guys maybe a little. I think Bijan Robinson is going to steal my heart, and here's why: because mm-hmm. our guy Adam Kramer wrote a feature on him mm-hmm. when he was a senior in high school, and talked about how Bijan, when he was born, like didn't breathe for a couple minutes, and like his family was like very concerned that he wasn't going to make it. And his name is actually Persian for hero. So all of those things combined, plus the on the field product, plus the feels story behind everything. Bijan is like the perfect recipe for me to have my heart stolen by him. Yes. So as much as it pains me to be on the, the Texas bandwagon as well, I also think that that's who's going to do it. But great question, by the way.
1: Yes, very good question. Uh, last one, and I we got some clarity on how to say my guy's name, finally. Joe Chiquino. Go ahead. <laughs> boom joe Chikino. the nfl if the nfl adopted college rules nope let's try this again the nfl adopted college rules with the numbers players can wear if college took a rule from the nfl what would it be the only thing i got is pass interference i actually prefer it being 15 versus a spot foul so wait did i just mess that up in my head the, so this is the one thing that always can I always <laughs> flip it. We need just continuity. Yeah, Just keep it exactly the same for whatever. Continuity. I yes. I
2: would love to help you out, and I don't remember.
1: I always flip it in my head. I, it's one of those no. weird things. So yeah, whatever it is, uh, it needs to be 15, not a spot foul. Yeah, I got to look it
2: up I, now. You know, I like almost everything about college football rules. Like, okay, I same. It I was hard it
3: for me to choose.
2: Yep. I don't honestly the, know that I have any. College I said
3: clock maybe is the spot because fell, so there it the is. two I I Pages said maybe the clock with the, the first down and like stopping the clock when every time you get a first down in college football. But I feel like that just makes college football like you I mean, they run right. plays specifically for that, so I just I feel like it would change the game a little too much. So that was the only thing yeah. that I'd put. But guys, I have to tell you something. I um I don't know if you guys saw, but Giannis went to Chick-fil-A after he won the championship. This oh, is like yeah. a hard left, by the way. Um, and he got a half Sprite, half lemonade. And so yesterday I drove to Chick-fil-A. There's not a lot of Chick-fil-A's around me. And my Chick-fil-A was closed, oh, okay? Sorry. Unexpectedly closed, okay, on a Wednesday, okay? I just got, so I followed my, someone in my family sent me a message saying, hey, they posted on their Instagram account that, um, you know, they had something happen, and so you, and so I followed them so that I could see this in the future and and not have this issue. I just received a DM from the Chick Fil A, my local Chick Fil A, apologizing to me, like Paige, we're so sorry. We saw your story, and we're really sorry that we <laughs> had to be closed. I, I mean, that's just classic Chick Fil A. So I had to throw that in there before we go because that is just a you know, very I, solid.
1: I was more impressed that my man got fifty nuggets, 50, like,
3: 50 for chicken the, minis. The points. The yeah. best was that he kept calling them McChickens, and his his <laughs> uh, fiance or whatever was like, "No, they're they're chicken minis." Yeah. And I mean, it was just the best. I love Giannis. Chicken Giannis minis forever. Chicken are
2: amazing. They're what so we, good. Does, is there a name yet for the half lemonade, half sprite? Because that's it's gonna
3: Giannis, people were like... saying lemon up, but I think that's with Seven Up. So I don't know. But no, I'm yeah. going to try it after once I have a few meetings today, and then I'm driving over to get it again. Same. So I'm very happy. Yep. But also, shout out to my local Chick Fil A, Pleasanton, for sending me a DM on Instagram what apologizing. About like a, lemonade Lemonite. Lemonite? You know, like
1: lemonade and sprite yeah it could he
3: work. the thing is my man said no ice i'm like sorry buddy i'm gonna get a light ice i'm not gonna do no ice i can't do no ice
1: i know a lot of people around here do, do no ice, no ice. Oh, yeah. do you, again not to keep talking about my kid we went when we were on vacation he got like a, the smallest amount of ice in his cup i was like what are you doing and he's like it's cold when it comes out of there and this allows yep. me to get more to drink
3: yeah but I do light so ice because I need it to be cold, cold. I need it to be ice cold. I can't have it be like lukewarm temperature. The idea just makes me sick. Anywho, that <laughs> is our show, guys. I'm so glad we got to talk it's about it. the Bucks, and um, I just wanted to say shout out Pat Connaughton as well for being a part of that championship team because now he has he a ring. We did nothing. Um, nothing. no, go back, go back and check all of the games. All right, not just this last yeah. game. All right, thank you. I know that was a personal shot at me. Rude. Um, it wasn't. But <laughs> I,
1: actually, I, I know swear it you didn't wasn't. Even realize I well, can't look at like, his face. I can't look at his face. He pisses me off every time I look at his smug face.
3: Well, now you'll remember his name. Because remember how before you were like, I can't remember that player you always talk about. I know it now. Well, it's Pat Connaughton. So shout out him. We need to end on a positive note. I'm happy to have you guys back. Thank you for being back. I also want to say shout out to my brother for holding it down. It's not as easy as this looks to just like come up here and talk about things. And he did um, a good job. And I appreciate the people that reached out to me saying so. Um, I did relay those messages. But guys, we'll be back next week all together again, two weeks in a row.